G'day everyone and welcome to the Happy, Saved and Free podcast. My name is James and I believe that the gospel is good news. Unfortunately, it hasn't always been communicated that way, but that's why we're here today. Now, before we get on with the show, I'd love to invite you to come and follow me along at my blog at happysavedfree.com. You can check out my daily devotions at Happy Saved Free on Instagram, or you can check out copies of all these podcasts on YouTube as well. Today, I have a great friend of mine, Craig Stevens, joining us. He's an Australian salvo. He's really big in the unity movement over in New South Wales. He leads teams for Impact Nations where he takes people to the field like in India and they preach the gospel together. They they care for the poor together and they see signs and wonders together. Absolutely amazing. But most of all, Craig Stevens he loves Jesus, and uh, he he actually introduced me uh, to the gospel of the kingdom in a really profound way uh, quite a number of years ago. And so today, as we uh, get together and have a bit of a chat, he's going to share a whole bunch of stuff about the gospel of the kingdom. He's going to share about how we can share that and how we can share that with signs and wonders following. It's an awesome chat. I hope you enjoy it. Craig Stevens, so good to have you here, brother. Great to be with you, Tom. It's been long since we eyeballed each other, but praise God, there's Zoom, right? So good to have you here. Um, Craig, for, for those who probably don't know a lot about you, um, do you want to just maybe give people just a bit of a lowdown? Who are you married to? How many kids you have? What's your favourite pizza? Well, they're really important. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. Um, so I'm... Lifelong Salvo, born bred in the Salvos and uh, serving with the Salvation Army in a ministry context as Salvation Army officer. Married to the beautiful Danielle and we have been married 21 years this year. Come Just on. celebrated our 21st anniversary. Glory to God. We had three children. Uh, our eldest is 12. That's Judah. Um, he's uh, our eldest. Our daughter is next. She's nine. That's Elisha. And our youngest is Malachi, who is about to turn seven in three days or so. And so we're so blessed. We're so blessed. Um, Are they as prophetic as their namesakes? Yeah, come on. Uh, mate, they're, they're just moving in the things of God. We, you know, we have responsibility to disciple first and foremost at home. That's your first calling. It's your first ministry. And, uh, and I, I like that. I like that. And, uh, you know, sometimes they're just um, extraordinary. Um, my, my son, Judah, just recently we're in a, well, pre, pre-COVID, we're in a, um, a regional prayer event, prayer and worship night, and we're in worship and, uh, and myself and some Ascension Gift leaders who we're walking with together on the New South Wales Central Coast, we're in prayer leading a room full of the body of Christ present there and uh right out front and in worship and we're on our knees and and i I just look across and my 12 year old's right beside me on his knees just worshiping and then at the end of the night we're driving home and he starts to talk to me about oh dad i i want to share with you what i saw when we were worshiping and i go tell (laughs) tell me what you saw and he he begins to unpack this prophetic vision of like a golden goblet that's hovering over a pitch black table. And then the goblet 
is, is cracked in two and, and then red just comes pouring out of the goblet. And then, and then it's restored again and it's placed back together. And I'm going, this is <laughs> right? Like, and so a couple of my mates who are in the Australian Prophetic Council, I kind of, you've got to listen to this. They're going, wow. Like we begin to unpack like at a regional, a state and a national level the significance of this word. So... Yeah, I reckon they're pretty prophetic. <laughs> I think I can get them to make their bed. <laughs> <laughs> All the dramas with that that go with, you know, raising kids and, and you know, um, homeschool stuff at the moment because that's what all parents are doing. Oh, wow, that's exciting, you know. <laughs> and again, uh, about pizza, I'm so glad you did because I think the Lord's on that, right? <laughs> we we had pizza for dinner tonight, so there you go. See, <laughs> told you. So, favorite pizza is well, definitely pizza. I, any pizza, as long as it's a pizza. I'm a happy man. Ah, <laughs> uh, so good, so good. Hey, Craig. Um, in Romans ten, it says, you know, how beautiful are the feet that that carry the good news or who bring the good news. Uh, I'm just wondering who are who have been the people that have brought the good news to you? Wow, that's a brilliant question. Hey, uh, and what do we mean by the good news, right? Because um, inherently, the good <laughs> is you know supposed to be the gospel, mm. and uh, and I and I hung around the church and Christianity kind of my whole life uh, until it became so mind-numbingly boring that I walked away. Um, yeah. And so if you were to say to me, you know, who presented the good news? Well, there'd have been hundreds of good Christians, pastors, prince, you know, preachers, ministers who, who would have been articulating their good news. But, uh, you know, as a young guy, as a, you know, a, a pre-teenager, as a young teenager, young adult, I, I didn't hear good news in, in pretty much any of the messages that I was hearing. I was hearing a, a, whole, pun, a whole bunch of, you know, the gospel according to Jesus is, um, you know, Mark one fifteen. the kingdom of God has now come, so repent and believe. Yeah. But I reckon all I heard my whole life was the kingdom of God has now come, repent and behave. And, and for me, I've got to tell you, I, I'm really ordinary when it comes to the behaviour measures, so it was never good news. But I, I, um, I was kind of maybe 26, 27 years of age and had walked away from church, had had just disconnected, didn't have, never really had any substantial faith. I knew that I'd made a decision to, to ask Jesus into my life at one point as a young teenage guy. I remember, I remember that vividly. I remember being very convicted in my spirit that, that I was putrid, pond slime, and I needed to get fixed up. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember going, well, I'm a mess and I need Jesus. And I remember calling out to him in that, in that moment but then kind of get caught up with the rest of my life and the rest of the world that was around me and no, no, no Christians that were really um, of my peer group that I would, could walk with in this. And so, you know, it just became rule following. But, but as about a 26, 27-year-old guy, some guys that I knew in the local Salvo church, they said, oh, listen, we're going to do church different. And I went, yeah, yeah, good on you. <laughs> They said, no, no, we're going to plant a new expression of, of church and it's mm. going to be 
you know, like we haven't done before, like the Salvos haven't seen before, we're, you know, and there's this person called the Holy Spirit and Jesus is this, that and the other. And just, I was just listening to them and I, and I, I could hear an enthusiasm in their voice. Like, mm. and, and my mind just went, hey, is this what I've been looking for? Like, is, this could be the real thing. Like, you know, like maybe just the passion that I can hear in them and maybe who this person is, Holy Spirit. Yeah, I'm interested in him, you know. Like, as a young guy, I thought, man, that's what all the stuff is, the book of Acts and the signs and wonders and the move of the Holy Spirit. And, and I couldn't see it anywhere, right? Um, but these guys just had something. And, and, and so they said, oh, we want you to come help us plan a church. I said, man, you've got to check your, your church planning criteria. I haven't been to church in six years. <laughs> like, I'm done. No, come with us, come with just hung around them and like within a heartbeat, um, we'd encountered the person of Holy Spirit and right. he just wrecked me for everything. So, so who presented me good news? It was, it was that I could see um, something good in, a, in a, a bunch, maybe half a dozen young Salvo guys and girls that were just alive with Jesus and passion for him that, that drew me in. Like just, just mm. okay, right. this could be what I was looking for all along. This could have been... Maybe what they're, they're talking about is what I've always wanted. And so very quickly came into the encounters of the Holy Spirit. That resulted in coming into the encounters of the Holy Spirit in Toronto, um, over in Canada, where there was a great outpouring of the Spirit of God and just wrecked me for anything that was normal. <laughs> and and I, I have to say to you, that, that's where the good news kind of landed in my spirit and brought me to life. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, my, my story is so similar in that I had heard, I guess, people's version of the good news, like you were saying, you heard it in the church the whole time, but then you see something, and that was my, my thing as well. I saw people worshipping God with passion and with energy, which I didn't have, and then I saw, um, <laughs> I saw people getting healed of, like, cancer and all this sort of stuff in these meetings. Um, I mean, we had these... Like, and it was like the whole, you know, people getting saying the Holy Spirit. And I remember guys like, um, who was there, like Benny Perez. I don't know if you've ever heard of Benny Perez. But he was, it was just fire. And like, it was just this Holy Spirit power to transform people's lives. And some of my friends were those people who were getting transformed by that power. But I saw it, it like, it, it wasn't just the, the proclamation of what they were saying. It was a real demonstration of the Spirit's power at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And, and Craig, I, um, I'm so grateful to have you on this podcast today because um, when I think about some of the people who have brought the good news to me, I would put you in that category because way back when uh, I think you were doing an evangelism uh, conference, I got to come with Marnie Turner and, yeah. um, and I heard you preaching stuff that I hadn't heard before. And, <laughs> and I remember we, we were actually told, hey, you have to be on your guard because some of this stuff is a little bit different and but just trying to figure it out and, and the sort of things that you were talking about was that we were forgiven before we asked yeah yeah how about uh, that? you know that it was jesus plus nothing oh. <laughs> that we loved without cause like look at this i've just rattled off like your three yeah. uh life messages without even thinking um, yeah. that's pretty cool that was years ago yeah. um but you anyway so you you shared um both with uh, your words were super powerful to me, but you always, they were always accompanied 
with demonstrations of the Spirit's power. They were never separate. And yeah. so it was never like this theological concept that we're talking about that's out there, airy-fairy. We can just think about it, talk about it. But when you preach the gospel to me, and, and I mean, this was to a room of Christians, when you preach the gospel to us, it was straight up followed by a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And yeah. I love that about you because I've seen that for years, for the, the whole time that I've known you. It's just always been like that. It's maybe maybe guys like you and me, Tomo, that like <laughs> ADHD edge about us that just has to be in the stuff, right? Like, I just want to be amongst the stuff. Like, the presence of God is such an exhilarating, glorious, refreshing, uh, life-giving, um, you know, um, his presence is all that. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so in amongst it, when he's moving, when he's, when he's healing the sick, when he's saying words that, People have never imagined to think or to say, like when, when he's, you know, when he's doing this stuff, it's, it's, it's well, I don't know. I, I don't want to do anything else. You know? <laughs> and, and I reckon, because we were just talking off air a moment ago and, and I, I had this realisation. It's like, well, what does the good news actually mean? Or what is the gospel? Or what, what are people speaking about? And, you know, right now is a phenomenal time in history for us to be having these conversations because I think that, you know, kind of post the Reformation 500 years ago and, and certainly the last 200 years, the, the gospel that we've been presented, um, which God has been, you know, pleased to move on yeah. and, and which has brought much fruit and many salvations, you know, and, 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 and brought with it also a demonstration of the signs and wonders that accompany the good news. You know, by the way, the signs and wonders aren't the good news, right? They just accompany the good news. But but there's this 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 reforming that's happening on the globe right now. I want to call it the, an apostolic reformation, where 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 it seems like the spirit of God is pleased to begin to reinstate apostolic leadership to the body of Christ. That has ramifications for guys like you or me who, who are evangelistically configured who carry grace for evangelism, um, we need to understand then what is the function of the evangelist or for other listeners, maybe you're a pastor, a teacher, a prophet, um, what is it that, that it, what does that mean for you in the predominant grace that you carry in how you configure with how the Lord wants to, to lead his church? So it's a really important question. But, um, but hand in glove with this reformation is a restoring of the gospel of the kingdom, mm. which was probably what the gospel of salvation was always meant to be. It's just that the gospel of salvation has been so, so narrow and so, so, I want to say small. It's made the cross very small. It's, it's almost like this, this idea of personal salvation where you say a prayer and you get forgiven and you get to go to heaven at the end of it all. You know, it, it's just an, an utterly small, and I think, I don't know, a, a fairly sad kind of um, a narrative of, of gospel that... Um, that the world's kind of been bought into and perpetuating for a long time. And so, you know, there are key voices that you and I are both tracking with at the moment that are just exploring, well, what was the gospel that the early church fathers carried? You know, what, what were they saying was actually good news? And the idea of, of forgiveness, you know, like the forgiveness is, is an essential tenet of, you know, the Christian faith. Um, but, it, but we've typically had it served up to us as you'd be really, really, really sorry and beg for forgiveness and maybe God in heaven who's supposed to be eternally good, maybe maybe he might be pleased enough to afford you some forgiveness. Yeah, it's like our, 
It's like our you... forgiveness, uh, sorry, our, our repentance or our sorrow for our sin changes his mind. Yeah. From, like destroying you <laughs> to yeah. all of a sudden, oh, you're sorry. Okay, I love you now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you now. Oh, because you said the magic words. So, yeah. okay, you're, you're good now. You know, like, differentiate yeah. that in scripture somehow because I can't. Yeah. What, I, what I know is, is, you know, the scripture's full. Romans, Hebrews, you know, the, the atoning, the, the, the purpose of the cross, Christ's death and resurrection on the cross, you know, um, the, 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 the it is finished of the cross, the work of Christ to save and to forgive and to set free all of humanity. Like when all of all of the world's sin from eternity past to eternity future is placed on the body of Christ and he dealt with it and it is finished. You know, the idea that we could add to our rescue story something for, that Jesus has done, the idea that we could in any way twist God's arm to, to you know, to achieve forgiveness, and it's mm. absurd, you know. He established that forgiveness for us and here's, the, here's some stuff that really is provoking my thinking at the moment is, is actually before the foundations of the world, he did that. Yeah. You know, because our God is outside of time and Christ and the, and, and the Father and Holy Spirit have been eternity past and will be eternity future. And, and, and in the act of the cross that we can say happened, you know, roughly 2,000 years ago, actually happened in eternity before the foundations of the world. <laughs> So that everyone, everyone, everyone gets included. You know, this is good news. Hey, that yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But I guess th- this is the thing, and I get this a lot when when I start talking this same way. Everyone's included, and I, I mean the scripture is pretty clear. Like it says that, like all throughout the New Testament, but. The, the thing that people say then is, well, what about all the passages about faith? Because, like, I know you and, and you know me. Like, we, we love sharing the gospel and seeing people actually come to know Jesus. So I don't want people to think <laughs> that we're saying, ah, don't worry about faith. So can you just unpack that? Like, what is the role of faith? What is the role of repentance in this kingdom? If the gospel, the good news is more than just saying the right thing so you get to go to heaven. If it's now about the kingdom of like partnering with God, being included in this kingdom work and all that sort of thing, what is the role of faith and repentance or belief, as you said earlier on? Yeah. So, so here's, here's, I think you've got us there already. You, you know, when you provoke that thinking about, you know, I'm really, really sorry, I'm repenting so that I can change God's mind, yeah? And then the purpose of repentance, they've had such a bad idea about repentance. I mean, you know, much of the body of Christ has thought repentance is this, um, this weeping and gnashing of teeth, this self-flagellating, this, this I'm so, so, so sorry, and the position of begging for mercy from a merciful God who knows no other way than mercy. <laughs> you know, like, oh, please, please, I hope you'll be merciful. That's a pretty good, you know, you're going to be okay on that one. <laughs> He's merciful. But, um, but the, instead of understanding repentance in terms of the 180-degree turnaround, the, you know, I was walking in this way, I was thinking in this way, and I'm now changing my mind. I'm 
changing course, I'm changing tack, I'm changing direction. I like it even better. A mate of mine was sharing with me, it's actually a 180 degree, actually from, from down to up rather than mm. left to right. It's this, I'm coming up into a higher place. Um, this, is, this is what repentance is. And I love it because I think, actually, we know what it is to be carrying stories of the world, uh, particularly right now. Uh, in our nation and across the nations, the story of fear, worry and anxiety or stress is rampant. You can't look anywhere in any household or any community anywhere and not find stress, fear, worry or anxiety. It's on steroids. They're just stories of darkness. They're stories of the world. And repentance would say, these are the stories that you may be inflicted with at the moment, but you can change your mind. You can renew your mind. You can repent. You can come up to a higher story of peace of, of of acceptance of perfect love of of, of um, permanent rest you can come up into a glorious story of the kingdom so what does repentance do it doesn't move god it moves me it yeah, moves on. the trajectory of darkness into a trajectory of light and freedom and hope it's my favorite word at the moment repentance <laughs> and so the whole earth has that available to them yeah and it's just a matter of us going, oh, let me, like, like you said, change our focus from, like you said, down to up. Yeah. So, so, so the cross has established this rescue. Jesus has rescued all of humanity to himself, which is his kingdom. He and his kingdom are the same thing, right? You, you can't have a demonstration of the kingdom that is not absolutely authentically representing Christ, which is authentically representing the Father, because Christ only ever did what the Father was doing, only ever said what the Father was saying. So his kingdom and he are the same thing. And a demonstration of that kingdom or experience of that kingdom is an experience of Christ. And the invitation to repent, see, oh, get this. You know, we thought repentance was something we did, right? It was something that I generated that I had to do in order to, you know, to appease, uh, you know, the God because I'm the sinner in the hands of the angry God, right? Mm. Um, no, no. No, the, the scriptures are very clear. It's Acts 5.32. It says, um, it was he, Jesus, who gave repentance and the forgiveness of sin to Israel. Let me do it again. It was he, Jesus, who gives, who gave, who graces repentance to Israel. Now, think about it. Israel, yeah. right, Acts 5, Israel is really pleased at the moment that they have got rid of this lying heretic, lunatic, wannabe Messiah guy, they finally got him crucified and done away with. That's the posture of Israel, and Jesus is gifting repentance. It's a gift. It's grace. Mm -hmm. The idea that I want to change from, you know, the, the, the darkness stories that are going on in my world to move up into a light story, that's a grace. That's given by the person of Jesus in the Holy Spirit. We can't even claim repentance. It's his idea and he gifts it. Isn't that, just as you've said that, you've just triggered some thoughts for me, which is we think about, um, you know, that, that verse in Romans and it says, for all have um, sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, and that word fallen short is like a, an arrow, you know, that misses its target. It just falls short of what, what its intended design was just as you were talking then craig i i felt like that grace that has been gifted to us is actually who god has created us to be 
And when we're not being who God has created us to be, there's this yearning. There's yes. something inside of us that wants more. Yes. There's something inside of, and that's what you're talking about. Like this repentance is a gift. Like it's a, it's a grace. Like God is giving that to us and it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So even in, when, and so you're just making me think like, even when we're dirty, rotten sinners <laughs> doing life our own way and stuck in all those stories of darkness that you were just talking about, yeah. um, even in all of that, God has given us a gift that, hey, I'm feeling this yuck, this darkness. I know I'm created for more. Yeah. I mean, it's just so beautiful. It's like you just can't get away from him. He's just always there. <laughs> That's exactly it. You can't get away from it. Um, I think it was our mate Phil Wall who, who sort of described like the presence of God, the wooing of the Spirit of God, like like waves on the ocean, just lapping and lapping and lapping. Mm. They just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And you can be there as cold-hearted, as, you know, as ice cool as anyone you want to think about and just go, no, 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 no. He'll always respect it, but, like, turn your back and there is a gain and there's a gain and there's a gain. And he's bringing a grace and he's bringing a grace and he's affording a grace. And even the hardest mm. heart, i got to tell you, even the hardest heart with the, the, that constant lapping of the works of the Spirit of God, um, you know, invariably, invariably comes alive by the grace of repentance into new stories. It's so good. And you, you just, oh, everything you say is just making me, like, think ahead and what, what this means. I'm thinking of the harvest is ripe. Yeah. The harvest is ripe. And, and I think often... Um, in different evangelistic settings and stuff, we often think, oh, it's hard work. No one wants to come to know Jesus. <laughs> but Jesus was like, actually, the, the harvest is pretty ripe. Like, it's ready. We're, we're just short on workers right now. <laughs> and and so, you go. You go. <laughs> I've got so many thoughts about that. You know, like, um, you know, what have we been telling people? Mm. Like, what has the church been saying? Like, even our gospel, you know, like, as, as articulate as it's been spoken, I think it was um, Paul Young who, who said it just recently on one of our mates' podcasts to, with Impact Nations. He says, um, you know, we, we, we've essentially said, you know, God is a furious, angry man who, who is so peeved at his creation. That, that he has to send his son and he wants to slaughter his son just to appease the anger within him because he's so angry with this, this world that he's created, with us. It's like, how do, you, how do you figure that? How do you figure that with a God who, who right through the integrity of Scripture and the entirety of it says, I'm love and continues to reveal himself as love? You know, and, and so... I reckon, I reckon we presented a gospel that, that's like, you know, that repent and behave or, or, or even behave a whole heap and, and then hopefully you'll start to get this idea that you are putrid pond slime and, and you really, really, really better make sure you're sorry for everything you've ever done and then you better get into, you know, six years of Bible college and study and whatever and then maybe just maybe you'll be good enough and, you, you know, we'll let you lead a small group at church or something and it's like, Oh, show me any good news in that. Like the world just, blanket just went, oh, I'm done with that story. I'm, uh, it doesn't float my boat. There's no good news in it. 
But when you announce the kingdom, when you announce um, the story of freedom, when you, when you announce the story of peace, like peace is a, is a precious and glorious thing. And, and when peace manifests, when you're announcing the kingdom, you're announcing the king. Here's where I reckon we've got off track. I reckon we've gone about evangelism and never bothered to actually introduce people to Jesus. You know, we, just, we just told him about, told him about Jesus, or at least told him about what we think the Bible says about Jesus, and, and so much of that was wrong. <laughs> you know, we, just, we just get to introducing Jesus to people, because um, because everyone I've ever introduced Jesus to, that they're just immediately going, "How do I get in on this? I want him." This is, and this is actually what I love about Jesus. Like when you read about Jesus throughout the New Testament, he's not just, he doesn't just have a message. And this is what we were saying right at the beginning of the show. He didn't just have a message, but when he, let's just say he, he spoke peace, peace came. Uh, if, he was speaking, if he was speaking resurrection, uh, he, he would raise Lazarus from the dead. <laughs> you know, if he was talking about healing, well, let me heal someone, you know, and, and in the gospel of Mark right at the end, um, you know, it says that God worked with the disciples and confirmed their message with signs and wonders accompanying. Yeah. And, and so it's this idea that God is not all talk. Yeah. He, he is, he actually wants to be involved yet. He doesn't just want to say peace to you. He wants you to experience that peace. So I reckon because peace is, he is the person of peace, right? He's the Prince of Peace, yeah. which is very clear about that. An encounter of peace is an encounter of Jesus because yeah. he's the reigning monarch of peace. And that's his kingdom. So you've encountered his kingdom, you've encountered him as a person. Um, another dimension of Christ is the supernatural, right? His mystery. And, and so a demonstration of healing, of prophetic grace, of, of miracles or whatever, those, those are demonstrations of the kingdom which are authentically representations of the Father and the Son. Um, and they, aren't, they, aren't, uh, they are a, a, a demonstration and a declaration of the gospel. Um, what, I, what I haven't seen too much of, though, is, is um, it, what I've seen happen more frequently is I'll preach a gospel that is small in narrative and invite the Spirit of God to move. And because he can't help himself, I mean, the Spirit of God loves <laughs> to heal. Have you not found that? Like, you, I yeah. your ministry, man, you, you, you've seen more healings than just about, you know, anyone I know. But he loves to heal. What, what's happened most of the time is we've never given him an opportunity. And even if our gospel has been small, even if our story about the cross has been small, he's still been pleased to move because he loves to do it. It's actually who he is. Like there is healing, the scriptures say, in his wings. And it was the Christ bore the stripes of the, the floggings of the cross for a very specific reason. It was so that healing could be established. A dimension of his kingdom, it's who he is, and he loves to do it. But what I'm... I'm I, <laughs> What I'm passionate about right now, maybe you're picking it up, is this gospel of the kingdom. I, I just sense the more that this, that, that this is proclaimed, the more that we announce the gospel of the kingdom, that his kingdom has come, the more that we show people by manifesting peace in our lives, by manifesting the gifts and the fruit of the spirit in our lives, by the by the glorious story that we carry, you know, like our immediate next door. There's so many stories on there. Our immediate next door neighbours, 
um, or a gay couple who can't for the life of them imagine that Jesus would want to accept them, right? But, but every other day, they've got their parties going on and there's maybe 15, 20 people out on the veranda and they're like, Craig's going to pray for us all now, right? And literally, they all just heads bowed and ready and they experience the love of God around them and, and we demonstrate and manifest the kingdom right then and there. Now, this is the glorious nature of the kingdom. He's established a way so that all can be included. Uh, the, uh, Papa Steve Stewart from Impact Nations, he says the gospel is more inclusive, more radically inclusive than we've ever imagined. And, uh, and you know, more and more we're seeing this kingdom advance. And you're seeing the demonstration of the signs and wonders accompanying it because he's pleased to do it because it's a dimension of his kingdom. I love it. And so, Craig, I, I'm just sort of picking up on that, that story there with, with your neighbours. They... <laughs> They have, if you went in just telling them that they're all wrong and that they need to repent, I'm guessing that they probably wouldn't have, you wouldn't have got very far with them. So People have told them for, forever, you know, you're sinners, you, you, you're sinful, like you, you're, you're at odds with God, you, you, you're, you know, you're wrong, your behaviour's wrong. And, um, and really what I've found is that the Spirit of God takes care of behaviour way down the track. He's interested in a person's heart first and foremost. He's just interested in someone who might be inclined to him. Anyone who's even asking a question, you know. But when you announce, when you announce um, a, a radical, forgiving God who is filled with love, who who is you know who's made his judgment, like he's already you know, he's made his judgment, he's made his determination, he's found that sin it, it, it needs to be dealt with, and he's dealt with it. And now he's made a way for people to encounter freedom. When you when you bring that story to the table, people are alive, people are attentive, um, and 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 people are, are, are moved to places going, well, I want to do that. I want. How can I have that? How can I get in on that? There's a guy who um, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but he's a professor of non-theistic philosophy. A guy called Altaf. He was at a university in Sydney. And, um, and the, the university was close to a mission house where my wife and I were running an outreach in a big government housing estate. And, um, and Altaf, he gets wind of the fact that this big government housing estate community where there was all sorts of crime and dramas and problems where the police wouldn't even patrol the place because it was so dangerous, drug houses, um, gang-related violence and so on. He gets wind that this whole community shifted, it's changed. And, and so he comes knocking on our door and he says, look, um, you know, I'm from the university, I'm a professor of non-theistic philosophy and, and I've just come to find out what's happened in this community. Now, I'm not the sharpest bloke around, right? <laughs> non-theistic, okay, that's, that's non-God non thinking, non-God thinking. Okay, so... This is a guy who doesn't actually have a paradigm of God or spirituality or anything mm -hmm. mystical. Mm -hmm. um, and he's a philosopher. And, and, and what I came to understand is that the guy teaches philosophy at university. He's a professor, lecturer. And, and in philosophy, much like Christ is a rabbi, you have your disciples, you have your students who actually follow you around and they, they're trying to learn your way. Right, the, whichever way you, you you know you're following or that you're leading, that they, they're like your, your your students. You're the rabbi teaching them, and and this was this guy Altaf. Now um, he came to the front door 
and, and he, he's just helping to understand what's happened. Well, I literally pointed to the community, whoever was out in the street at that time. See that lady over there on the balcony watering her plants, you know? Well, she gave her heart to Jesus. And, and so ever since then, she's living a brand new, different life. She used to be really a, a recluse and never involved with people socially or whatever. And now she's part of our, our cafe that we run, an outdoor cafe, and she's part of the community. <laughs> connected and see the guy over there well he used to be the unstable paranoid schizophrenic off his medication <laughs> he encountered the love of jesus he's on his medication he's stable healthy happy he's part of our community he's doing really well see that couple that that family over there well their kids they gave their heart to jesus and then mum and dad did the same thing and then <laughs> community and and they're living differently and so there was probably i don't know maybe a dozen examples in the street right then and there that i could show and I said to him, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you know, several things during this conversation. And, and, and it was like, um, you probably understood Christianity as a religion. You probably understood it as a, as a rule-following system of, of belief um, and, and, um, and behaviour. And, and I said to him, Christianity was never meant to be that. It was meant to be an intimate encounter of a loving God. And so he said, well, tell me some more. I said, well, come in, sit down. We sat down around the, the dining room table in our house. And, he, and, and, and immediately the Spirit of God just spoke to me and said, ask him if he wants to experience me. Mm. All right. Now, this is a professor of non-theism. <laughs> now, Altaf, um, I just feel prompted to ask you, would you like to experience Jesus? And he looked at me for a minute and then he went, yeah, I would. And I didn't know at that moment whether he was he was going, yeah, let's see what you got, you know, like whether he was <laughs> um, whatever or, or whether he actually really did. I, I didn't know right then and there. I just knew to ask the question. So I leaned over, I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, Jesus, would you reveal yourself to Altaf? Now, Altaf immediately closed his eyes. He was sitting at the dining table in, in the middle of our house and he closes his eyes and then he begins to grin. And he means to smile and, and his smile gets bigger and bigger and bigger and he's got this huge grin on his face. Now, I reckon it was about 20 minutes in and I'm going, oh, I have to know what's going on. <laughs> I'm shaking myself, what's going on? He's, he, he kind of, you know, he, he looks at me, he says, oh, I felt love. Wow. And I felt peace. And I said to him, Wow, I asked Jesus to, to reveal himself to you. And, and the scriptures say he is the Prince of Peace. He showed himself to you. And, and the scriptures are very clear that God is love. You encountered both those things. And before that came out of my mouth, the Spirit of God says, ask him if he wants to hand his life into my care, if he wants to trust me the rest of his life. And so I asked him, Altaf, would you, would you like to hand the rest of your life over to, to Jesus? He said, yeah, I would. Come on. I'm, you're a professor of non-theism. I don't know how this works. <laughs> he just invited Jesus to come and affect the rescue that had already been written 2,000 years ago and actually in eternity past. And he came alive to the presence of Jesus and walked with Jesus. Now, um, his wife is also a professor um, uh, of philosophy at the same university, but she's a theist, except she's a Muslim. And so... Her theist posture is informed by the, by the Muslim religion. She, he goes home and tells her, I have to tell you what's happened. And he shares what he's encountered with the person of Jesus. And she goes, I want that too. 
So immediately she comes into a saving encounter of Jesus, right, of the presence of Jesus, and then their kids come into our kids' program now, um, and then they just become part of our, our church life, which is just a, when we introduce Jesus to people. Like, I mean, I, I'm thinking there's no way I could have intellectually debated the guy. Mm. You know, like I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't have matched his his philosophical mindsets around what he thought was right and wrong. I, that, that just wouldn't have gone down. But an encounter of Jesus and, and he's, he's transformed and his wife's transformed. That presents a problem at a university. <laughs> What's he going to teach now? <laughs> and the university ended his tenure. He, he had to, he had to, um, he got employed. He, his next position was at the University of Ottawa in Canada. He had to literally move countries as a theist now to, to, wow. and to, to, to speak into philosophy as a born-again believer. But, um, you know, that's, that's what we'll see. But, hey, this is what evangelism is, introducing the person of Jesus, which when you're introducing the kingdom, you're, in, you're introducing the person of Jesus. That's so good, Craig. I, that, I mean, that, my experience so far in, I guess, this reformation of what, what the gospel is and what it means, um, I find a lot of people, they understood the, okay, um, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? Like they, they knew this process. Oh, you go to hell? Okay, well, if you say the prayer, um, repeat after me, now you'll be saved sort of thing. They're like, okay, I've, I've, got, that, I've got that done. Like I understand how to preach that gospel. But now people are like, oh, wow, like that doesn't actually sound like it. And what you have just described to us is, I mean, that's the way that I love to do evangelism as well. It's actually introducing people to a person, uh, to the creator of the universe who absolutely loves their socks off. The, the, the creator of the universe who, it, um, you know, it says, uh, Paul says that Jesus was the image of the invisible God. So Jesus is God with skin on. <laughs> and he comes and he shows us yeah. his love. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Come on. Like it's not even it's not even like I'm a, a kind of a, a mini model of it's like no if you've seen me this is exactly what the father is like right and and it's like wow and 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 he's crazy in love with people and he's desperate to engage with people the spirit of God has been more intent about saving our lost pre-Christian friends and neighbors more than we ever have been and as I said it's lapping up against the shores of their life wave after wave after wave with repentance. And gee, we better get better at having a good story to give them, you know. Come on. Like, let's give them the truth. Let's give them the good news of the gospel. That's so good. I love it, Craig. And I just, I mean, I just love you. I, I love hanging out with you. I love talking to you. I love hearing your stories. Um, if anyone has ever read um, that book that Stephen Court and, and I wrote a number of years ago called Greater Things, 41 Days of Miracles, there's a whole bunch in there from Craig, <laughs> a whole bunch of great stories, like cars that are broken down and then you just lay your hands on the car and boom, comes alive again um, so these Muslim kids can get to school or whatever. And, I mean, it's so good to hear that. I, I'm just wondering, Craig, that there's a whole bunch of different types of people listening to this podcast right now. Um, we've got people who are probably still transitioning out 
from that sort of old paradigm. Maybe they're still firmly in that old paradigm and I don't know if they would have made it through this far. <laughs> but um, then we've got people who have sort of transitioned out but are still struggling on how to share the gospel. I don't know if you can do this in like just really super simple steps. I know you've got like that, the from through to sort of piece and that. Is there something simple that you can share with us that would just help normal people who are, who, who love this new kingdom idea, but are like, okay, but what do I do now? Like, how do I, how do I help someone come to know Jesus? Bake a cake. Come on. <laughs> Bake a cake. Deliver it to my house. Yeah. <laughs> you, you show up at your neighbor's house with a cake going, you know what, I've just been thinking about you and just wanted to prepare something just to bless you. You know, that's a demonstration of the kingdom. Why? Because the kingdom is founded on generosity. Right. How about this? Um, my wife and I, during the COVID-19 pandemic dramas that had been going on, you know, our nation became worldwide phenomenon news because we were we were having to have um, police force patrolling um, our, our shopping centres because people were fighting over toilet paper, you know, and, and people were hoarding toilet paper and people were hiding toilet paper and it was toilet paper became like the black market cash of the... Of the, of the the Christians everywhere were actually ringing people, messaging people, letterbox dropping people. We did the same thing. We literally put a letterbox, in, a letter in every letterbox in our neighbourhood, and said, "Hey, we got heaps of dunny paper. If you're struggling, we want to give it to you." <laughs> the world says, "Me, me, get I want right, and I'll hoard and I'll keep and I'll actually get into a fisticuffs with you." And the police will have to intervene. And the kingdom of God looks like, "No, no, here we are. Freely I receive, freely I give." You know, it's a demonstration of the kingdom. I said bake a cake because it's something that you can do that's like a demonstration of generosity that just opens the door. Bill Idols years ago wrote that book, Just Walk Across the Room. It was actually getting into the proximity of your neighbours, of your of your work colleagues' lives and, and being present, being part of it. When, how's this? C.S. Lewis said, there's so many things I want to share. C.S. Lewis said, um, you know, if we were to properly recognise the image of Christ in one another, like for you, Tomo, if I was to properly go, I can now see who you authentically are in Christ. I can see the Christ in you. He said, it would take everything within me to stop me, to prevent me from bowing down and worshipping, right? Now, he's not saying, oh, we should go around worshipping other Christians, right? It's, it's not the point. It's actually you carry the fragrance of Christ. You do. You, you are the light of the world. You, you, you know, you, you're the embodiment. You, Christ is in you and you're in Christ. And, and where you go, the kingdom goes, right? And so it just takes a whole massive rethink on, on us and them. It's like, no, I carry the kingdom. I carry the king. I'm on kingdom assignment. If I give someone a... You know, a cake because I baked it. That thing's anointed. That's going to go somewhere. In this. <laughs> it's going to actually provoke a conversation one day. Maybe not right away, although often yes. Um, you know, looking at ways in which to demonstrate the kingdom. You know, again during that COVID crisis stuff, we 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 let a box drop our whole neighbourhood. We said, you know, um, give us your number. We'll put you in a WhatsApp group. We'll all start having conversation and sharing our our stories and stuff. You know neighborhood like just went alive with it it's like we're the church we're going community is a is a manifestation of the kingdom 
interdependence. We belong to one another is a manifestation of the kingdom. The gospel is being preached. We didn't even have to do anything other than put a WhatsApp group together. Yeah, come on. Yeah. And so people, our, our, our neighbours are going, this is the most awesome thing ever. I feel so connected. I feel like we know each other. I feel like we're sharing each other's lives and stories and whatever. It's like, well, welcome to the kingdom. How good is it? So good. And, and do you know what? This has completed a circle because when we first began this conversation, we both shared how for us, we, we, we saw a demonstration of the kingdom before we experienced it ourselves. Yeah. Like yeah. we saw it and were invited into the experience of the kingdom of God. And as we came into what we thought was just the kingdom of God, we actually met the king. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And we were like, wow. But he's like more like this God. You're this good. Like you're you're this close. Like you're this powerful. You're this loving. You're this forgiving. Come on. Like I'll I'll lay my life down for you. Like this. You know, I, I had the privilege. I think I, t- I shared it with you that I um I, I lead um, um mission teams with Impact Nations, a global mission organisation. We go into the poorest nations in the world. We take um, medical teams in to do medical clinics, and we take water filters in and get fresh water filtration into like villages that have just got stagnant putrid disease with water we do all that kind of stuff and the team usually there's a team of anywhere between 20 and 30 maybe 35 people and we go into a place and and just serve our hearts out and preach the gospel all day long pray for the sick all day long and at night we usually have a, a gospel campaign of some sort now um was it last year? I think I was in Bulgaria, and Papa Steve Stewart. He asked me to, um, he asked me to, you know, just to teach on presenting the gospel or whatever. And I, and I kind of announced the kingdom. I, you know, share a few ideas about how we d- demonstrate the kingdom, or or we invite the kingdom. We invite the the person we're praying for to experience the kingdom, to experience the love of the Father, whatever. And um, and someone at the end of it says to me, "Oh, can you can you just you didn't you didn't cover on on how to lead them in the, the sinner's prayer." Yeah. And yeah. I went, yeah. yeah, that's right. And then I went, well, <laughs> we just cover that part for us because we just need to know how we should say the prayer. We go, I don't say the prayer. Mm. You go, what, what do you mean you don't say the prayer? You're supposed to be an evangelist. You're supposed to help with people. You know, no, no, I, I haven't had to get someone to do the prayer for I can't tell you how long because as soon as you say, hey, this is what the kingdom of God is like, I can see your story here and your story is pretty dark. But this kingdom story I'm living at the moment, and you know how I got this story manifesting in my life? I just called on the name of Jesus, and they go, Jesus! <laughs> and you don't get to lead them in the prayer anymore. Because yeah. they, they've, they've tasted or they've seen or they have a sense in which this is good and I want it, and you've just told me how to get it. Mm. And no, no, oh, God, I'm so, so sorry, and please, please, please forgive me. And you know, these rape prayers, these, you know, anyway, I... The father's been kind and, and, and tolerated them, but you know, um, I think more and more, um, you know, a, a real encounter of the kingdom is a real encounter of the king, and a real encounter of the king. You don't need, you don't need, you know, a rehearsed liturgy about it. Say a few words. No, I think um, I, I love that. I, I love that because I, I've seen that just time and time again, like just in my own personal life. <laughs> that people experience the king and like they experience his presence, they experience his healing, his love, his grace, his mercy, whatever it is. Um, I mean, you can just insert good stuff here. (laughs) That's probably the kingdom. 
And once they experience that, they experience the king. And the thing that I found helpful to say to people is, hey, you've experienced that for a moment right here. Yeah. But do you want to experience him every day for the rest of your life? Yeah. And people are like, I'm in. Like that, it's not even, it, it, it's sort of like, you remember like you hear Jesus calling the disciples and like you read them, it's like, come follow me. And people are like, immediately they leave their nets. And, and you sort of think, man, what, why would they ever do that? Yeah. But once you actually experience him, you're like, man, I'm in. That, that, that's what I want, you know? And I, so I, I absolutely, uh, ah, so good. Hey, Craig, I think we're running out of time here. <laughs> and I feel like we could just keep going and going and going and going. And I know that you have like a billion stories inside of you uh, that I want to hear. So we'll need to get you back on the podcast again and everything. But I'm just wondering, at the, just before we, we came on air, we had a bit of a prayer time and I just really felt that people were going to get rocked by, by this, uh, just by this conversation. And I don't want to stop uh, talking or, or I guess, yeah, I don't want to stop this show sort of thing until you've had an opportunity just to pray for us. And in the same way that you were just talking about praying for that, um, uh, what was it the the, the guy, who, um, the yeah. professor, the professor of non-theistic philosophy? In the same way that you just said, you know, do you want to experience Jesus? Would you be able to do that for us? That's it. Yeah. Would you be able to pray for us that we would just experience the King in His kingdom. Yeah, hit record for this one because this is going to be a powerful prayer, right? <laughs> It's awfully short. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are so good to us. I thank you that you're eternally good. There's never ever been a moment where you're not good. And I thank you that you're perfect love. And I thank you that your love is ferocious and furious and, and longing for us. It's longing to land in us and in our neighbours, in our family and friends and those in our workplace and, and in the shopping centres. And, and Father, you, you, your love is a, a furious longing to land in people. And I thank you for that. I thank you that that's the desire of your heart. My prayer for everyone listening and watching in on this uh, uh, podcast is right now in the name of Jesus that they would have a beautiful encounter of you. Mm. Uh, I just I just speak now in the name of Jesus, an experiential encounter of the love of the Father, a radical embrace of love, uh, hugs and kisses from, from the throne room, an affirming... Um, life transforming encounter of love mm. Lord, i thank you that you are peace and, and in the name of jesus i release peace to each person listening and the encounter right now by the spirit of god uh, I, I agree with it father i thank you that what we agree for manifests and i agree for a manifestation of your presence and your kingdom for everyone watching for everyone listening in this moment thank you lord hallelujah hallelujah come on amen god is so good God is so good. <laughs> wreck him, Lord. Wreck him good. <laughs> me, Lord. Wreck them. <laughs> well, Craig, thanks for coming on. And uh, we will definitely need to get you back on at a later date. But um, I'm just thinking if people want to get in, in touch with you or follow you or, or anything, do you have like any resources that you can recommend for people that, that you've got that people can get their hands on? Yeah, happy, save, free, go there. <laughs> and, uh, and once you've got there, Tom, I'll get you to me. 
Yeah. Awesome. And, and I know you've got some teaching materials coming out soon. That's right. Uh, real soon, actually. There's some um, production happening on that right now um, where we're, we're literally packaging up. This is really precious to me. Um, the gospel of the kingdom uh, under, under an apostolic oversight, evangelists have prepared essentially uh, a, a teaching training package. It's not long. It's not weighty or anything, but it's just helping the body of Christ to navigate how to present the gospel, the gospel, the kingdom, the gospel that Jesus gave the early church. And so, um, you know, that we'll get that through to you guys real quick so that you can punch it out as well. But it's um, it's a, a really helpful resource that I think is going to, you know, move the church into another wave of presenting the gospel. Awesome. Um, we'll, we'll make sure that as soon as that becomes available, that we'll, I'll let all, all you guys know who are listening in. And also, um, Craig does a whole bunch of stuff with Impact Nations. Yeah. Um, you can check out their Impact Nations website out. And maybe, Craig, uh, well, I guess when the, the whole COVID thing blows over, I'm sure you'll be back out there on the field uh, leading trips and stuff. Um, anything you want to mention about that? Oh, yeah, you know, um, uh, this, this ministry um, is something really quite remarkable. Um, it's something that that is hand in glove is is meeting needs of suffering humanity across the world in developing uh, countries, the poorest countries, but also hand in glove with the demonstration of the gospel and the power signs and wonders that accompany it. So, so you know, I just got back from India just um, it was a few weeks ago, and and we saw the blind um, see, we saw deaf people hear. I prayed for. I prayed for a seven, eight-year-old boy who'd never spoken before, had a, a, a mute spirit on him, and just released him from that. And the kid just goes, he was speaking in Punjabi language, right? You just couldn't stop him. But it, the demonstration of the kingdom mm. just exploding in those contexts, hey, and that's fun. When you're preaching the gospel where it's illegal to proselytize, it's illegal to convert, and you see house church movements explode. Um, you know that's that's really something. Uh, our partners in India, for example, they're um, they're uh, overseeing a house church movement of close to nine hundred thousand believers in India. You know these are glorious days, huh? Glorious days. So you know, listeners, maybe you want to Google uh, impactnations.org. Um, that's uh, I think it's .org, it might be .com. <laughs> I think it's both. I think they've yeah, got both. Yeah. You know, <laughs> play with us. Come play with us as a mission field. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. As I said before, check me out at happysavedfree.com or you can find me on Instagram at happysavedfree and check us out on YouTube. Have a great week, everyone.